0: Tennessee Titans probably had one of the most disappointing playoff losses of the 2021 NFL playoffs. Three interceptions by T- Ryan Tannehill, and their whole entire season, which they even got the AFC's number one seed, was all for nothing. So let's break down what they can do to improve on that season, because they looked really impressive in the regular season, but they fell to the Cincinnati Bengals in their first playoff appearance of the season. So. Let's break it down and see exactly what the Tennessee Titans can do to improve and be able to actually make a deep playoff run. We'll first start with their free agents, because that's what we do now. So, their free agents are Ben Jones, a center, Jayon Brown, a linebacker, Anthony Ferkser, the tight end, Rashawn Evans, the linebacker, Harold Landry, who they just re-signed, so luckily he's not much of an issue anymore. He signed a long-term contract and David Questenberry, the guard. So not very many free agents for them, which is a really good sign, and overall just a good situation to be in going into another year after the playoffs. Um, Ryan Tannehill is a serviceable quarterback, and while he's not going to win you any games, with the Cincinnati Bengals' loss aside, he doesn't really lose you any games either, and even then, if you watch my film breakdown on those three interceptions, they weren't all necessarily his fault. So while Tannehill isn't great, he isn't a bad quarterback either. So you kind of had to build around Tannehill, but he's not someone who you need to improve on automatically and right now. A.J. Brown is a great wide receiver, and Julio Jones is finally healthy. He'll be good. He'll be very good when he's finally a healthy member of this team and can consistently see the field since he makes some great catches when he's actually healthy, so you can only imagine what he could do with a full healthy season. Um, they really could use another wide receiver, but Nick westbrook ikine isn't horrible, and they do have a lot of young guys who they can kind of rotate around and see who's the best, so it's not a pressing need to get another wide receiver. Uh, they could greatly use a tight end with the departure of Johnny Smith, though. He went to the Patriots and is being underused there, but... They don't really have anyone who's a big red zone deep threat like how they did with Johnny Smith. So I'd like to see them target a tight end at some point, whether it's through the draft or through free agency, but I don't want to see them break the bank to do so. Uh, They never have to think about running back, luckily, because Dante Foreman had a great year, Um, Dontrell Hilliard was pretty good, Jeremy McNichols was pretty good, and then obviously, Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. King Henry is fantastic, and if he keeps doing what he's been doing without getting hurt, he honestly might have a case to be one of the best running backs to ever play the sport. Uh, Their O-line was ranked 16, which is kind of surprising considering how much they run the ball. But when you break it down and really look at the statistics, it's more their pass protection that makes them ranked 16 and not their run blocking. As much as they crush it for the run blocking, they really aren't very good on the pass block, so they could use guard help, and if they really were trying to improve and they were given the luxury of best player available, I could like them to go for a left tackle. But that's more of a perfect world since they do have other needs that are more important, and they don't really have a hole at any place in the offensive line. Moving on to their defense, it got much better since last season, but it still has some room for improvement. They're below average as a secondary, but that's not due to their safeties. Kevin Biard had a great year, and Amani Hooper hooker had a great season as well so they'd have one of the better safety duos in the nfl and that's a really good thing to work with but their cornerbacks last uh denoris jenkins and christian fulton had average seasons they could really use caleb farley to come back and be healthy but the issue is he had health concerns coming into the draft and then he got hurt again during the regular season so I would like them to also maybe attempt to get another corner just because if Caleb Farley is going to be the guy you're relying on and he already has a history of health, I would have a lot of concerns. And so I'd like to see him move for another corner. Uh, The rushing defense is pretty impressive, though. They only allowed 3.6 yards per carry, ranking fourth in the NFL. While they don't have any standout players in the box, they all come together as a unit to get the job done, which is way more notable than just having one really good player. Kind of like how the Steelers have this year with TJ Watt. Um, their edge rushers, they're effective, but they could use linebackers and a nose tackle to really get that much better. So I would like to see them get a coverage linebacker especially because their pass game is weak, especially when you consider that they don't really have any linebackers who are good at coverage. So their positional needs, their top five, as I diagnose them, are corner, then guard then defensive tackle, then linebacker, and then wide receiver. So not horrible, especially since there is a good corner situation where they are in the draft. Um, Guard is something you can get in a late round. fourth round is kind of the haven for guards. Defensive tackle is also one of those later round picks you can get, and there's some good free agents that are defensive tackles. Linebacker is going to be a little tougher. There isn't as much linebacking depth as you would like to see in a draft this year. And then wide receiver is wide receiver. There's always good wide receivers to go around, and the draft is very deep this year. Um, An ideal draft that I wrote down is Trent McDuffie in the first, the Washington cornerback. He's the better of the two Washington cornerbacks, and I really like what he puts out there. He's a really good zone defender, and ultimately, I think he's going to be very successful there. If Kyrie Law manages to fall or something like that, I would really like to see him take Elam, but... Trent McDuffie will be a great pick for them, and then Channing Tyndall in the third round, the Georgia linebacker. I'd really like to see him up that box presence and be able to really provide a good coverage defense. So focusing on the secondary, focusing on your box defenders that can cover, that would be a really good thing for them. And ultimately, they have a lot to work with, and they can only go up from here. Their division is somewhat weak and continues to get weaker with things like Carson Wentz leaving the division, so the Colts don't really have a clear path at, wide or at quarterback, and the Titans are in a really good spot. So I'm interested to see what they do, and ultimately it does come down to can they manage their personnel well enough to finally be able to make that deep playoff run, since they do have the talent. That's undeniable. The Indianapolis Colts are another one of those really weird teams in the NFL, where they always are pretty good, but they never really have that final push to be a great team. And... Oftentimes you look at them and go, if they had Andrew Luck right now, they would probably be the team we all think they could be. So, with that being said, let's break it down and see what exactly the Colts are going to be doing this offseason, especially after that blockbuster Carson Wentz trade with the Commanders. First, of course, we'll start with their free agents. Uh, Their free agents are Eric Fisher, their left tackle, T.Y. Hilton, their wide receiver, Mark Lewinsky, their offensive guard, Xavier Rhodes, one of their corners, Marlon Mack, a running back depth piece who ultimately they should have traded, and Julian Davenport, the offensive tackle, and lost more of other pieces as well. So the Colts have a lot of free agents, but none that are like crucial, so let's look at it. Uh, the Colts' passing game is weaker than everyone expected, and honestly, after watching some Carson Wentz film because I'm working on a breakdown for him, it wasn't really Wentz's fault. It was more an issue of, They don't really have many playmakers. It was as if the Titans didn't have A.J. Brown and any other good wide receiver picks to throw to. Michael Pittman's decent, but in the end, T.Y. Hilton isn't great. Zach Pascal isn't great. And ultimately, they really need another good receiving option. Jack Doyle is a good option at tight end, but he's nothing special and more of a blocking tight end than a receiving tight end. So... Not really something you want when you're trying to get a better pass game. And then obviously now they don't have a quarterback. So I'll probably mention that at the end, what they can do. But right now they do have a vacuum because I don't really want Sam Ellinger starting and Jacob Eason neither. So they're stacked at running back. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is, of course, one of the better running backs in the NFL right now. Watching his film, it's just impressive how many tackles he can break, how much force he puts into each guy who's trying to hit him. Ultimately, he's just a really good running running back. Naheem Hines is a really good receiving back. He offers a lot of um, versatility for this offense and being able to throw to their running backs, but also run with a guy who has a little bit of a different skill set than Jonathan Taylor, which is really nice. And then Marlon Mack is a pretty solid option as well, but unfortunately, I don't think he's coming back. Um, Their O-line was a really big part of their good run game, though. They performed extremely well and ultimately are really good run blockers, which you can tell when you're looking at their film. They block really well at the run, but they aren't great pass blockers, which you can tell as the pockets collapsed around Carson Wentz and he had to deal with a lot of pressure in his face. Um, they should look into getting a left tackle at the future because Eric Fisher is only on a short deal and his age isn't necessarily ideal for building a left tackle. And a center since Ryan Kelly really had a rough season. So aside from getting a left tackle of the future, a young one, and Ryan Kelly getting an upgrade. Their offense is pretty set aside from the big claws at quarterback and wide receiver. Their defense uh, was kind of disappointing. Their secondary was underwhelming considering the expectations coming into the season. Uh, they all performed below average, and their secondary was ineffective ultimately. Rock Yassin was the best player for that unit, followed by Kenny Moore II, but both their safeties in Julian Blackman and Kari Willis really had poor seasons. Their corners certainly have some room for improvement, but they are in more of a need of a consistent, solid safety. Luckily, their box was better than their secondary. Uh, They played above NFL average, and Quiddy Pay looked like a true NFL starter, a great first pick selection, and very wise to do so. They could still use an outside linebacker to replace Bobby Okereke, but ultimately their box is solid and it will continue to improve. Their D-line's really good. Their middle linebackers are good. So overall, they do have a pretty solid basis to defense to work with. So their positional needs that I wrote before the Carson Wentz trade are strong safety, offensive center, offensive tackle, free safety, and linebacker. And now, of course, they do have to worry about the biggest positional need, quarterback. So what are some things they can do? Obviously, they can go for the draft, but are they really in the position to get a good quarterback in the draft when they don't even have a first-round pick? No. Their first pick is now 42 after trading with the Commanders, and ultimately, I don't see a quarterback landing there that's good enough to elevate this team even more. I think they should trade or sign a free agency. I would really like to see Marcus Mariota, maybe, going to the Colts. Uh, he's a really good free agent quarterback. Jameis Winston would be another option, and then, of course... If they do want to pursue a trade, they could always go for Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, who would fit the kind of needs that the Colts have. They want to be a team that relies on the run first. So you can get a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins. It'll be good just because they aren't going to be the focal point of this offense. And then you can focus on things like wide receivers, linebackers, and safeties a little bit later. So an ideal draft maybe could be Sean Ryan, the UCLA offensive tackle in the second, And then Alec Lindstrom, the Boston College center in the third. I certainly have wiggle room with that second-round pick. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do yet. As I keep working on mock drafts and I keep analyzing where the players are going to land, I'll probably have a little bit more of a defined opinion by the time the draft actually comes. But I really like Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College going to the Colts. He's a really good center who does really good zone running, and ultimately is going to be able to elevate Jonathan Taylor to even higher of a level. So I really want to see what the Colts do. They've always been that team that's so close to being really good, but just aren't. So I want to see what they do at quarterback. I want to see what they do with personnel. And ultimately, I want to see what they can do on offense because their defense has always been decent. But can they back that defense up with a good offense? The last team in the AFC South is the team who has back-to-back number one overall picks with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are one of those teams that is just disappointing to see them lose every year, and you can only hope that they can get better, because Saxonville really was a fun thing to watch in 2017. So, with that being said, let's see how they can finally build off of the talent that they keep collecting in the draft, and see what they can actually do as an NFL team. Let's get into it. Alright, so once again, we'll begin with the free agents. Uh, Cam Robinson, their left tackle, was a free agent, but was franchise tagged, so he's not going to be an issue this year, but will be next year instead. Uh, their guard, Andrew Norwell, is also a free agent. Uh, AJ Can, another guard, is a free agent. DJ Chark, their wide receiver, is going to be a free agent. And Trey Herndon, their cornerback, is going to be a free agent. So not too many important free agents, but they don't really have that many good players that could be important anyway since they have a lot to improve on. So let's get into their offense. Trevor Lawrence wasn't without his own issues this year, and I'll probably do a film analysis of him over the offseason just because I want to see why exactly he didn't do well minus the whole, you know, roster not being good, bad coaching, all those issues within the front office. So yes, he had a lot of bad things around him, but he also didn't burst onto the scene either. So I'll probably break it down as to exactly why. It wasn't quite his fault because he didn't have many good players around him though. Uh, They don't really have any good wide receivers this year that they utilized well. So I'd like to see him get another talented wide receiver to join this whole entire wide receiver core and elevate them to another level. They could also really use a tight end, since nobody could step in as a starter to give that reliable relief tight end that rookie quarterbacks could really use, because when you have a young quarterback, you like having either a great wide receiver or a reliable tight end who can always be open and get the ball and just make the catches and make that percentage throw that makes a rookie quarterback more confident and able to do what he was drafted to do. The running back room is for sure their high point on the offense, but they really didn't utilize it well either. James Robinson is one of the better running backs in the league when he actually gets out of the ball, but because Urban Meyer is a moron, he really didn't get the ball. Travis Etienne is going to be coming back, and I'm excited to see what he can do, because it doesn't really make sense why they drafted him, but now that he is, I want to see what they do with him. Um, then there's their line, which is well below average. Cam Robinson is acceptable, but the line overall is decent at pass protection, but they can't run block for their lives. The Jags should heavily invest in offensive line this season to salvage the damage that they've done to their generational talent at quarterback and see what they can do to actually make steps and make progress toward being a good team. Their defense is also a pretty sad story. Their secondary allowed over 7 yards per pass attempt, one of the worst in the entire NFL. Shaquille Griffin actually had a good season this year, building off of his success in Seattle, and free safety Andrew Wingard had himself a successful year as well. What doesn't help is that beyond those two guys, the coverage was drab for Jacksonville, and the best coverage otherwise was coming from edge defender slash offensive linebacker Josh Allen. Certainly not ideal, and a new linebacker duo is necessary to keep the middle of the field safe. Outside linebackers Josh Allen and Dowlowne Smoot had pretty good years, but they themselves cannot create pressure, and even though their play did make their rushing defense average, they really didn't have much. Their defensive line is atrocious, and an edge would greatly help their cause, and maybe let Josh Allen be a little bit more Josh Allen. But they need defensive linemen, they need a secondary, they need linebackers, they need kind of everything on defense. So they're once again in one of those positions where you can draft the best player available in most cases, and you're going to be doing the right thing. So their top five positional needs to me are edge offensive tackle defensive tackle linebacker and corner they also need wide receivers they also need a safety a strong safety so they really can't go wrong in this draft but an ideal draft might be with the number one overall pick Evan Neal the Alabama offensive tackle Trayvon Walker the Georgia edge in the second if he manages to fall or if not someone like Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State maybe Devontae Wyatt the Georgia defensive tackle in the third if he drops there And then in the third is also Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. So they have a lot to work with in terms of draft capital. They could obviously trade down, which would benefit them greatly because they could get more players that are almost guaranteed to make the roster. So the Jaguars have a lot to work with, and I really want to see them do well. I want to see them improve, and Doug Peterson might be able to do that. So I hope the Jaguars can build off of Trevor Lawrence. I think he's really good. I like James Robinson. Travis Etienne was pretty good in college. I want to see what they do. The Houston Texans are one of the more interesting teams in the NFL purely because they're so bad, have some potential, and then waste it every single year. So let's break it down and see what can the Texans do this year to get better, what can they do to get worse even, and how are they going to build upon a really poor season for them this year. Let's get into it. The Houston Texans have a decent amount of free agents, but... Ultimately, they're not crucial. Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback, is a free agent. David Johnson, their running back that they traded for with a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Malik Collins, their defensive tackle. Desmond King, a corner. Chris Conley, one of their wide receivers. Justin Reed, one of their safeties. And Jeron Christian, another offensive tackle. So they do have a lot of free agents, but I cut out a lot of them just because they were so bad, including a lot of linebackers. So let's break down their team and see exactly what we have to work with. I've done an in-depth film analysis of Davis Mills, so I think he has the potential to maybe even be a franchise option. That being said, they do need to build around him for him to be so. Uh, Ideally, with Watson's legal issues finally being cleared, they'll be able to trade Watson, get some big picks for him, and really turn this team around. If they can trade Deshaun Watson for a good high value, the Texans are going to be one hell of a team to build for, just because... There's nothing in the way of them finally getting good players and building a good team for once. Lovey Smith is definitely a hire that's meant to be a bridge, and they should use this time to be a rebuild time because ultimately they don't have a big future in their division, so now's the time to rebuild strong and get good. Uh, no matter what, let's look at personnel. Brandon Cooks had a pretty good year, as good as it gets as a wide receiver stuck on the Texans, but they have no depth of the position. Getting a better wide receiver would help the team greatly, not only improving their poor pass attack, but helping Mills find open receivers, which was one of the biggest issues I found for him on a film. Nobody was ever open for him to throw to. Pharaoh Brown didn't have a great season either at tight end, but Brevin Jordan couldn't even beat him out to be the tight end one on this roster. So they do need to attack that tight end position once again. The running back core was dire until the end of the year when Rex Burkhead every one smile looked like he could actually be a good running back, but in the end, they do need a good, solid running back to work with. Burkhead did get extended, basically just because of that Chargers game, so I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of rode with him for a little bit, but if they really want an upgrade as a whole unit, they definitely have to upgrade at running back. The David Johnson trade gets worse every year, since he really never produced, and can you imagine what they could have done with DeAndre Hopkins this whole time? That would be a great story to learn, but... It doesn't help that their O-line struggled mightily this year, and it really hurt Davis Mills and their running game. They had a lot of injuries on the O-line, but no matter who was out there, they still struggled. Laramie Tunsil is a saving grace coming back next year, but they desperately need O-line if they really want to improve as a team, and that starts with every position but left tackle. And even then, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Tunsil and drafted a left tackle. Their defense made a habit of getting crushed. Their secondary desperately needs defensive backs, and it doesn't help that their linebacker core was also too weak to cover. Eric Wilson, Kamu Grieger-Hill, and Christian Kirksley are some of the lowest-ranked linebackers in the whole entire NFL, telling the story of their poor rushing defense as well. Despite the brilliant season by edge rusher John Greenard and the serviceable season by opposite edge Demarcus Walker, their interior and second-level weaknesses allowed the third most yards per carry every single year. And the defense really struggled this year, and it's finally time to attack the defense and, with this draft class, finally make that defense good again. Finally get a defense that can actually produce. So, they have a lot of positional needs. That's inevitable. But what exactly are their top five to me? I have their number one being offensive line, just because Davis Mills needs someone to block for him. Then strong safety, then free safety, then a corner, and then wide receiver. And they also really need linebackers, so pretty much anything is good. They are in one of those positions where they can draft the best player available, no matter where they are. And they're one of the more interesting teams to mock draft for, purely because they need so much that you can take pretty much anything but a quarterback, and you'll be making the right choice. So an example ideal draft for them is Ikemaquanu, the North Carolina State offensive tackle in the first uh, lately I've been kind of changing this to Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, purely because I like his technical side more than the physical upside of Ikemaquanu, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went for Ikemaquanu instead, because physicality always prevails over technique in terms of what the teams like to draft. In the second, I'd like to see him take Jalen Petre, the Baylor's strong safety. Uh, he's one of my sleepers, and even if he doesn't make it, um... Between Lewis Sign and Jaquan Brisker, someone's going to be there that's going to be able to be a big, strong safety for them. And then, of course, if they could trade slightly down and then maybe get Kyle Hamilton, that would be ideal. But in the third, I have him taking Romeo Dubs, the Nevada wide receiver. I could also like him taking Christian Watson here. He's that North Dakota State wide receiver. Ultimately, they need a receiver. They need to elevate Brandon Cooks. They need to make sure that he's not the only good wide receiver on this team. And why not attack it in the third where you have a lot of depth, but just you get a lot of good players in the third this year. And then they have another third round pick where I have taking Kobe Bryant, the Cincinnati corner. I really like Kobe Bryant. Um, He's definitely an underrated prospect purely because Sauce Gardner's on the other side of him. So I really want to see what the Texans can do this year in the draft. They have four picks in the first three rounds and they're in the position to trade down a lot if they really wanted to. So, the Texans are one of those teams that you really want to see do well now that they finally got rid of Bill O'Brien and they have a whole new look to them. I want to see them trade Deshaun Watson, get some picks, and fully restart. I want to see them do a real rebuild. So, with that being said, I have an interview with a real Texans fan, Daniel Snoko, who may, you may know from the Today with Tyler show, which is streamed weekly, and you may know from last year's NFL Breakdown, where he featured on every single episode. So, I hope you enjoyed this interview with him. He is an avid Texans fan, unfortunately, for him, and it's good to know a fan's perspective. So, enjoy the interview, and thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Due to the some issues with video and audio combining and not combining, uh, the Tinoco interview is only going to be on YouTube, so I hope you are okay with that, but... It's going to be on YouTube. It's on the Texans YouTube episode. And this is just going to have no Tonoko interview. But basically, he just calls him bad for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I cut it down to a little bit less. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you for listening.